No, I, I, I'm just looking at the cast. Oh. And then I noticed like Rosalita, like the I, I think she plays like a Mexican or Salvadorian in the movie. She looks like the, the most Karen of Karens. Really? <laughs> Well, you know, it's yeah, funny yeah. that it's funny that you were looking at the cast of uh, Batman and Robin because that I was also looking at the cast too. It's the first Batman movie where we have Rosalita in the Batcave cleaning house. You know what I mean? Oh wait, are yeah. we are we not are we not doing Batman and Robin? I thought we were doing Batman and Robin tonight. No, sir. Oh, well, I feel like a goon. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <laughs> motherfucker! Tigers are playing. Two nights. I never miss a game. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! You know, I don't know how to do laundry, Stuart. I've been needing laundry lessons. You're goddamn right. Podcast, a geek podcast for the rest of us who are the motherfucking rest of us. My name is Nick Stevens, and I am your host. But we aren't we all? And joining me on the ZWM Box Two Five O is returning guest and friend and patriot. He's just beyond reproach. I don't even know where I was going with that. But this guy is a class act, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Carr, give me what you got. Hola. Short and sweet. I like it. I like it. And I like that that beard coming in too. The little facial hair coming in too. It's yeah, good. Got a little bit of beard. A little bit of look like Santa Claus over here. Oh, you look great. You look fantastic. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. You know, I actually had a dream the other night that I relapsed. It was horrible. I had a dream. It was so vivid. And we'll get into the movie in a second, kids. Don't worry. But or we won't. Maybe I'll just prolong this whole thing as much as I can. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But Jay, I had this dream. I relapse, right? Now, every now and then, like, I have a dream out of the blue where it's like I'm drinking, but it's like so fake. It's so, like, I know it's not real. Like, you know, when you know when you're dreaming, this was so real. I was like drunk. I felt drunk in the dream. And I was like, my God, I'm at a party. And they were all, and this is why it felt so real. There were all these young kids, like, like early, and I don't mean like kids, like, like, like kids kids you know like there's a problem like i mean like you're on you're not on epstein's island with some right kids. right yeah. <laughs> i want to make that abundantly clear i was not on epstein island okay with with epstein's ghost or the fucking creepy old man from pinocchio he was just turning all those kids into donkeys you know i just want to make that abundantly clear no i was with at, at some party drunk as shit with these young millennials talking about shit that didn't matter, says the guy with wearing a Howard the Duck t-shirt who wants to talk about movies on a podcast. Um, but I just didn't get it. I wasn't getting any. So I just kept drinking, I think. And at one point I called like my my sponsor, you know, in the program. Like in the dream, I'm like, well, that didn't happen. But even in the dream, I thought I was dreaming. 
for a second. And then I like looked at my phone in the dream. And even though you can't read in the dream, says a uh, Batman in the animated series episode told me that uh, like the, it was the words were all jumbled, but my contact was in there. My sponsor in the program, you have a sponsor because I'm not going to talk too much about it because it kind of goes against the rules. But anyway, I, sure enough, I called him in the dream. So obviously I was drinking and I was all fucked up and he was like, you need to get to a meeting, you know, and then I wake up in a, in a feverish sweat, you know, like, oh, my God almost eight years sober and I threw it all down the drain. Why? Why did I drink? And it wasn't because of this movie. (laughs) I don't know why. I I think the real reason why I thought I relapsed is because I went about three to four months without going to a meeting. You're not really supposed to do that when you're in the program, you know, Mm -hmm. because even though I didn't drink, some feelings were kind of cropping up, but you know, the, look, the Kamikazes don't want to fucking hear this shit about about my my life and my problems. I'm addiction. heavily invested in this right now. <laughs> You're, you know what? So, what? so wait, did you wake up in the dream sweating, or did you re- wake up for real and like you were sweating? I woke up in the dream, but then Batman was like, "Don't worry, mm. this is just a dream." Scarecrow, mm. Scarecrow doused you with some of his toxins, and I have an. You never, you've right never here. had like a sleep paralysis demon following you around. Uh, the only thing close to that. Oh, you you were joking. I thought you were serious. I, I am you were serious, serious, but some of the audience might find this as no, no. Funny. I mean, I, it's a real. That's a real thing. It but, is. I, but I've had so, things where a force. I don't know if it's the same thing where a force has tried to grab me or get me, mm. and I'm just I'm frozen. Yeah, and I can't move. And the second it comes to get me, I like I I spring awake. I've had that. I don't know if that's the same thing. Well, it might, it might be a good thing that you, you didn't get to go to San Juan or old San Juan. Because there's a bunch of those uh, little bad spirits around the, that old San Juan, you know, the the old fort and the uh, the old town. I went to the old town. It was, it was part yeah. of a cruise. Like we got off at the port and then we went to the old town. The uh, And then the old, um, that, that castle. Yeah, the fort. The fort. El Morro. Yeah. What was it called again for, for the Kamikazes listening? El Morro. El Morro. Okay. El Mo- hey, how was that? That was pretty good, right? That was really good. El Morro. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't let you in. That was really good. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I should just, I should just I'm sure they wouldn't take offense to that if I was like, listen to this. El Morro. You know, I can come in, sir. The regulations are the regulations. Okay. Look, it is what it is. You know, of course. Is that what they say? <laughs> You're doing okay. Is family okay? Everybody's good. Yeah, everybody's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he did a whatever. Look for the folks kids, at home. Kids are the, fine. They're overrated. You did a, them, you did a dismissful, a dismissal, you know. Yeah, and did the, a, yeah, a wave okay. of your hand. I don't have time for this. You got time? I'll make time. Uh, we're talking about 1985's Goonies, kids. Richard Donner. Richard Donner, Donner. rest in peace. Uh, produced by Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy. Hmm. Does this have Lucas fingerprints on it? No, Chris Columbus, right? Chris Columbus wrote it, yeah. Yeah, after Gremlins. Hmm. Or around the same time, I think. Because there's a little bit of- Oh, so Columbus wrote Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. And directed Gremlins, I think. And Spielberg Spielberg produced. So this is in that same like early 80s, Spielbergian, Chris Columbus, and I'll even throw in Lucas because it was part of that whole, that whole sprawl of like adventure- action movies with a little bit of fantasy flair i mean is that fair to say that they're all kind of under the same camp the amblin entertainment camp very you know? much fair yes um did you watch this when you were a kid 
Very much so. This was a staple then. Yes, very much a staple of my childhood of the 80s. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. So are you like a lot like a lot of other Kamikazes <laughs> wondering why the fuck it's taking us so long to talk about this movie? Uh si senor. Okay. <laughs> I think that's fair. We've had a, quite a few. This has probably been one of our most requested movies to talk about. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, we just never got around to it. We, didn't, we could have even theoretically done it in 2020 when it hit its um, 30th anniversary. Anniversary. No, 30, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it would have been its 30. It would have been its 35th, I think, right? Because 2015 would have been its 30th, I think. Yep. So we can do math every now and then on the show. Yeah, kids. every now and then. <laughs> 85 yeah so you know that probably would have been a ripe ample time to have done it back in 2020 all those years ago when the world was on fire now that the world's not on fire anymore and thinks that everything is peachy um (laughs) (laughs) out of the fryer and into the frying pan is it out of the fire out of the fryer i thought it's out of the fire and into the frying pan. there you go Paradise by the dashboard light. That was beautiful. Hey, you know, there's a lot of singing to be had for this episode tonight because one of my favorite things about this movie is the singing that exists in this movie. Hmm. In fact, it might be one of the only things I really truly love about this movie is the singing. Cindy Um, Lauper? Her and Mr. Robert Dubby. Oh, so good but we're gonna get to that don't you worry let me backpedal here let me backpedal here i don't want anybody to stop listening to the show because of what they just heard there's going to be some disparaging comments but you guys can deal with it because it's just fiction i want to advise all of you including you mr rico out there listening that i'm not going to shit on this movie it's not what we do granted i'm kind of a liar because we totally shat all over matrix resurrections a couple weeks ago But, but to be fair, we got a lot of love on that too, saying, wow, this might be the first movie you guys ever shot on. So I want to remind you guys that we don't do that on the show. Right, Jay? Yeah, unless it's like Hudson Hawk or something. Oh, oh my God, you're right. We did kind of sit on that. Well, actually, no, I think I defended it. No, 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 you were pretty okay. I was a bad cop. (laughs) You know what's so funny? I know Goonies is a beloved movie. I know this movie's beloved. I know people hold it close in their hearts. It's a very nostalgic I don't know, what would you call it? A very nostalgic, family-oriented childhood. Uh, like you said, it was a staple of your youth. It's close in a lot of hearts and minds, right? It speaks to the the childhood. It speaks to... Because, I mean, it was a great thing to be a kid and right. watch movies as a kid in the 80s. And see kids and in, the, in the movie as main characters. Exactly. Right. And it was even better to see like kids in movies in the 80s. Because it was an 80s thing, I guess, a staple. Because before, like, I mean, the 70s, I don't know, maybe what? uh, Jodie Foster is a prostitute and a taxi driver. (laughs) Yeah, let's be real with each other. Jodie Foster is probably the first real child actor. Hence why when she when they didn't like her as a prostitute or rather they liked her as a prostitute, they cast her in a million Disney movies after that, like Freaky Friday, uh, Mm. Stepmom, Stepdaughter, um, you know, all these different movies that came out, you know, romancing the stepmom. Um, don't tell stepdad the babysitter's here for the adventure also. Hold on. The postman rings twice, but so does the stepfather cometh. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, again, all they all have porno titles. They all of those titles. If you don't remember kids, you googs. Uh 
So yeah, but I think you're onto something. I think let's pot. Let me posit this. And I already know the show's going to be all over the map. I know it's going to be all over the map and not just one eyed Willie's map. It's going to be all over our map. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put that out there too, which I'm feeling good. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling like this is going to be a good show. We got some good feelings here. I feel it. I, I, you got, you passed the vibe check, sir. (laughs) Okay. So let me put this out to you and see what you think. Jay, would you agree that in the eighties, particularly maybe let's just say Amblin entertainment. Cause we can't say all eighties movies. Cause you know, we got like Mac and me too, which was fucking horrible. Right. But, uh, well, it depends on who you ask, but you know, I don't know, <laughs> but I think I'm willing to bet money on this, that the actors, the eighties actors in the, the kid actors, rather the kids, you know, were way better than the kid actors that would come after them in the 90s and so on and so on. Not to say we haven't had our Haley Joe Osmonds and our Macaulay Culkins and all that that did great. Don't get me wrong. But I think that Amblin Entertainment School, like E.T., Goonies, you know, Gremlins, you know what I mean? Uh, All had great kid actors that would either go on to become, you know, drug-abusing, crazy assholes or go on to be one day successful actors or just forgotten people who would like be like the CEO of a random fucking far-fetched real estate pondering, you know, harpoon rental company. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was, I was just watching it fairly recently. And I, speaking of great actors, kid actors, that the, the chunk kid is he's, 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 he's the MVP. He is the MVP. Jeff Cohen. Jeff Cohen. And I think he's like, He's like a legal advisor now, but like part-time actor. He's like produced one or two things. He's he did some like he's voice like work with him. He's more like a lawyer, I guess. <laughs> Which, um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's so random. But you're right. He's the MVP. And he steals every freaking scene. He's he in, does pretty much when he's in the trunk with that dead body. Oh, like that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was wonderful in this. Like he was the MVP. Um, yeah, but there is there is something about the '80s and the child actors. I, like everything, I think I, I have to point at Star Wars. Mm. I, I I do think a, a lot of the the producers at the time they they just saw the success of Star Wars and they were like, what what what's happening here? Mm. And they said, well, it's it's children. That's what's happening in teens and. It's 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 the imagination and 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 you have the biggest kids on the on the lot producing these movies. You know, even Richard Donner said, uh, working with Spielberg, he's the the biggest kid yeah. in the studio. They decided to kind of like market to kids because that's what what was filling the um the movie theaters, the teenagers. Dude, you're so right. And like you you see if you look at any of the behind the scenes stuff on any of these movies whether it's, you know, Goonies, Raiders, Indiana Jones, you know, whatever the fuck, or Star Wars, you know, you see these guys, Spielberg included, obviously, George Lucas, producers, directors, cinematographers, prop people, makeup people, everybody on set around these models, these props and these practical effects, like all of this stuff, you know? I mean, the goddamn skeletons in here were made out of like plastic, but they look like real skeletons. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if some of the stuff is dated in terms of, how it's a product of its time, there's still a lot of it that's still 
it's allowed to be hokey. It's allowed to be cheese because it's got that family-oriented vibe, you know? Like, we know the Fratellis getting out of jail is ridiculous, but it's a kid's movie. It's Amblin Entertainment. It's a Spielberg movie. You're along for the ride. Because I see a lot of YouTube stuff out there like, things wrong with the Goonies, why this movie doesn't hold up. And it's like, it doesn't need, really need to hold up in that regard. It's it's a product of its time. It's supposed to be a, a product of its time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Correct. Look, and the Goondocks kids, the kids living on the hills in washed up Oregon, Washington, wherever the fuck it is, the kids, right? You get a sense right away that they're all part of this like little community, you know, right away, you know? And then we see Josh Brolin working out and we're like, Jesus Christ, like he's got some guns on him. I love the 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 intro of this film. I truly like it's kind of interesting and weird how they basically introduce the world of first scene. It's the bad guys. Yeah. And it's you you kind of like are submerged into this world immediately springing out of jail with the right. bad guys. And then you drive and you see this. It's foreshadowing, you know, what the tone of the movie right. is going to be. You know, they're going to rupture, you know, normal life for the next day or two. Right. Um, There's a and, fucking uh, drag race, monster truck race on the beach. The Fratelli's. You know, that was the 80s thing, too, right? <laughs> the, the monster trucks were big. That was a big thing in the 80s. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of there's a cornucopia of culture, cacophonous cataclysms. Right. Going on here. You know, <laughs> there's a infusion of sorts. You know, and I love how th- those sequences they start introducing the characters. You know, the, th- right. through the the car chase, you get Data digging through the trash can in the junkyard looking for scrap metal to make his next Iron Man suit, and then you get fucking uh, Chunk eating some ice cream, dropping his cone. You get fucking uh, who else you got? You got Mouth. I don't know what Mouth was doing. I forgot. Corey, with goddamn Feldman, with his dad. Yeah, he got the dad was working on the the plumbing and then the water, and he's got oh, the right. TV going on with the the car chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Everything that's going on outside. Yeah, I, I don't know about Martha Plinton's character in that uh, intro. The Steph, she Not was either. like she was like diving. She had her head stuck in a bucket full of crabs or what and water. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Oh, you know what? No, that might have been the cars. The the police cars when they drove by in the chase. He might have like dunked in she fell in yeah i didn't get that the technique they use yeah i also appreciate how when someone's coming to evict you out of your home they they show up in the rain and they give the fucking paperwork to the goddamn kids like that is some cold ass shit like listen your dad's got a sign or come cob friday it's lights out well, it's a story, Oregon. It's like raining every day. They, they have no choice. I understand. But look, <laughs> these guys are showing up middle of the day, giving the shit to the kids. Couldn't yeah. be more ominous. Like, hold on. You couldn't just send this in the mail? You had to show up in person and hand deliver this? I don't know. And yeah. I and, and they show up at the end of the movie, too. Like, you know what? Don't worry about it. And that's the movie, kids. There's definitely not a map from One-Eyed Willie that leads him on a wild goose chase. I did notice, uh, I kind of appreciate how the bad guys in this movie are not only the Fortellis, but are rich white people. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. I guess the, I guess the main character, Mikey and Bran, his, their father was like a curator at a museum. And that's the only yeah. reason why they were even living there in the first place. And I guess the museum was also going to shut down because that's why he had all those relics in the attic. Is that right? Did I get that right? 
I never caught that. That's interesting. That might be I, why I, how all those all those yeah because I've kind of picked up on that because when you watch this as a kid, you're just like you're just you don't really pay attention to all that other ex- extra stuff. You're like, hey, it's the kids. They're doing some funny shit. I'm gonna follow them into some caves. And then of course the aforementioned Robert Davi. Over 150 roles. I think 166 films he's been in leading up to today. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pantoliano. Over 150 titles also. This, I mean, two of the greatest character actors known to man. And they were just, they were on fire. They were just getting their, their, their start pretty much their back start, then. Their start, yeah. Yeah, not much of a character actor here. He really, there was a, there was substance to that character. I really liked that character. And oh my he, God. Part of it is, I think, how good looking that he looked in this movie. Let's I talk about I forgot it. how good looking he was. Let's talk about it. He played a little bit of himself. A lot of people might not know this, but Robert Davi is also a trained jazz singer and crooner. Okay. Mm-hmm. He sang his opera in the scene where they're kidnapping Chunk and throwing him in the trunk, rhyme intended. And he does a little, you know what I'm saying? Trying to muffle the, you know, chunk screams before he's shoved into that fucking trunk. But a lot of people don't know this. Robert Davi was a, is a crooner, a real life crooner. Have you ever heard Robert Davi sing my way? No, I haven't had the pleasure yet. No. Would you like to hear Robert Davi sing? Yes. Super forward. Okay. We're going to take a quick little intermission break here to listen to Mr. Robert Davi sing Frank Sinatra's My Way. I don't know if Frank Sinatra really wrote this song. And so I face that final curtain. Might be Paul Anka? I'll say it clear. But that's Robert Davi. That's I'll Robert Davi? No and this is like four or six years ago. I've lived a life that's full. What a talent. I traveled each and every highway. This is your boy's, one of your boy's favorite songs to ever sing when I was, I did a little karaoke phase in my days, you know what I'm saying, where I'd get, have a couple of these guys, you know what I'm saying, and get up on the karaoke stage. I used to sing this. Regrets. I've had a few. I've had a few. But then again, Don't worry, we'll resume discussing this movie, but we just gotta like really get to sink this in. We gotta take it in right now. All the way in. And saw it through without exemption. I plan. I mean he's killing it. And he looks great in a tux. It looks great. This was, you said it was like four or five years ago? It's recent. It's not that old. It's still got pipes. Crushing it, man. Been crushing it for decades. I did it my way. Yes, there were times. I'm sure you knew. This is a great song for recovering alcoholics like me, too, because we can always look somebody down and say, listen, I did it my way, goddammit. Okay? I did it my way. You're in a pool of puke. <laughs> oh, watch it. Watch it. Here it goes. Oh, 
that makes a lot of sense because in the movie when he sings i'm like damn that's a really nice voice a really nice voice yeah he's I fun why robert davi is named jake and not jake fratelli in the, in the credit i'm not really sure what was their whole story again why were they did they know about the map too they found out about the map because a chunk i believe okay but they didn't know before that no no oh. they caught chunk in the restaurant and he just started blabbering and, right yeah, right yeah we're, we're trying we're, we're gonna get the the treasure the the, the rich right. stuff right right right, right, right. Call it the rich stuff the rich stuff i don't remember how the older kids hook up with i know brands along for the ride on, on the on the tricycle and then gets picked off by uh carrie green and martha plimpton's gang well i mean they're not they're not with the dudes i mean they're with the dudes but the dudes are the ones that run them off the road and i don't yeah, know so if he had a thing for her character up, they end up in the restaurant and then the girls come in and then with josh brolin how did they leave the dudes to find brand and the kids because i feel like the way it was edited the way it was cut it's like we just they just show up yeah oh the like, girls hey. yeah the girls yeah yeah the, the girls. girls yeah we don't we're not sure yeah, we, we don't know. They just end up. I don't know. Up there. Yeah, we're okay. not sure. We're not sure. That was we on don't delete care. it. That was a, on the cutting floor. It's a good thing she showed up because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to make it past that booty trap. Booby trap. Yeah, that's what I said. Booby trap. You know what I mean? With the one with the piano when she had to play the notes. <laughs> that's my mom's favorite piece. <laughs> I thought I was your mom's favorite piece. <laughs> <laughs> good fun. This movie just it, it just takes me back. It was my it's probably my favorite movie of all times. Definitely my favorite childhood movie. It's it, it just checks all the marks, you know. You got BMX. It was a you know eighties thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I you think a lot bikes. of dudes, a lot of dudes like this movie because of the BMX bike. Mm. And well, the, they don't show much of it. They don't, but that's a starter. It's the bikes fairly quickly. They do, but let, let me tell you this too. Also. Rube Goldberg. What fucking early 80s movies didn't have some kind of weird, elaborate Rube Goldberg mechanism? And look, that fucking thing did all that to open a little gate. Chunk, all Chunk had to do was reach over and open the fucking gate to the fence. But no, 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 no. It's all worth it. All for that one little, you know, to open up with the fucking chickens hatching an egg and a bowling ball and a. I mean, remember Ferris Bueller with the fucking alarm that goes off just to make the body turn? That made a little bit more sense because it was like lined up to keep doing it every time they opened the door to check on him. But this was just like a one and done, like wham, bam, thank you, you know, slipping some cum and following somebody's ex-wife. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I don't I know. I love it all. I just yeah, learned I about Rube Goldberg's. I didn't, I didn't know that's what it was called until like, like a few years ago. I didn't, I didn't know that elaborate. Did you know that? I didn't know that's what it was called. No. I guess it was named after somebody named ruby goldberg who like invented all these things i love that i used to do that as a kid because of the really boonies. i would tinker in my bedroom and just like tie like a bucket of water on top of the, <laughs> the the door and then on a string and then when you open the door it would just like fall down and hang above you and just you know you get a splash of bucket of water on you oh that yeah yeah stuff like that i yeah the goonies was very influential i love it i mean it's 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 got all the dudes like that I loved and influenced me so much as a child, you know, the Spiel, Spielberg, Donner, Columbus, and just to have those guys like together. And Richard Donner was, I think, the perfect director for this. I, I'm going to say maybe Spielberg didn't do it because he was so busy, like 
you know, crushing it with other big projects. Um, but um, it's a perfect mix. I uh, a, a, a writing Christopher Columbus and and Don are definitely directing because it it was it was definitely interesting seeing him direct the children. I it's um, just a different animal. I never saw any like behind footage of him directing them. I just heard like I've read stuff on the trivia pages and stuff like that, and on YouTube I've seen some things. But honestly, honest to God, I forgot he directed this until we got ready to do this. Like I really, for the longest time, I thought this was a Spielberg directed movie. It feels like a Spielberg movie. Feel, ha- yeah. you know, it, I feel like he had to be very involved because he's his fingerprints are all over this. You know, Donner. I mean, I'll be, I'm not gonna lie. I don't even associate Donner with Superman. I know that's I know that's I know that's like sacrilege to say that in this community. But every time I think of Richard Donner, Let me I guess, think lethal of lethal weapon. Exactly. Because again, I saw Lethal Weapons before I saw Superman. I know they're not chronologically in order, but I, my day, my days of soaking up movies that inspired me. I was watching RoboCop, Predator, Lethal Weapon, because it was because they were action movies that my mom wanted to rent. They were like guilty pleasure movies she wanted to watch, and like she had kids in the house, she had three of us, and so she was like, "Well, fuck, I want to watch this shit. These kids aren't going to go anywhere. There's no daycare." Daycare's not a thing. So they're going to watch these movies and I'll just fast forward any titties. God forbid Peter Weller getting blasted away in seven minutes. We've talked about it, you know, like, but like those, those were the shits like, and then randomly like Five Goes West would be snuck in there like a kid's movie. Like Five Goes West would be thrown in there. Um, or American Tale, I guess, technically came first, but that's my point. So Goonies and stuff like this kind of came a little bit later and I'd be like, oh shit, like that's, that's pretty cool. But it didn't connect. Like Corey Feldman in this didn't connect with me as a kid the way he did as the fucking one of the Frog Brothers in Lost Boys. You know what I mean? Mm. And again, because my mom didn't give a fuck about rated R movies, she was like, "Here you go. This is a movie I want to watch." You know, and Corey Feldman. Corey, let's talk about Corey Feldman. He's so great in this. He probably gets a lot of. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the movies he probably does now are like right in that fucking Walmart DVD bin, right? But that makes me kind of sad because he really was pretty solid. He was I mean, a treasure of, of a talent in the 80s. And this yeah. movie, he just crushed it. His Spanish scene still, like, <laughs> I still die laughing. I, I watched this movie with my daughters, and that Spanish scene, they just die laughing. And they're not even sure what he's saying. But, um, but they just <laughs> I know it's, it, it's, it's weird, so is it? Because even I know, even I know that's it's a weird, that there's some gibberish infused in his in his Spanish there. Like he's speaking Spanish, but there's some other stuff in there and who hires a maid that, and you don't understand, like she hired her, but she like, she doesn't speak any English. And she's like yelling at her. She's like the pants, the pants in the drawer, like lady, God, maybe, maybe you shouldn't depend on this, this young, like, you know, seven year old kid to be your interpreter. You know what I mean? You, you hire the really good mate. That's what it is. The one that's, (laughs) those are the really good ones. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I saw on the on the special features in that there was uh, I think it was Richard Donner's assistant that knew Spanish and worked with with him for the for those scenes. Oh, wow. OK. And they, yeah. And he was he was funny about it. Uh, Feldman was like, ah, oh, I think this foreshadowed my my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In show business. Dude, he's great. <laughs> I love him. I, I love him in Lost Boys. I love him in the Burbs. You know, I heard Corey Haim was almost in this movie too, but they actually both went up for the same role and the Corey Haim lost it to Corey Feldman. Um, you know who does kind of annoy the shit out of me consistently though is uh, fucking Sean Astin. 
but I think I think he's kind of supposed to be just the innocent, endearing, like leading the, the maybe soul. Yeah, the, the soul. He's the supposed heart. to be the soul, yeah. the heart of it, right? He's not supposed to be cracking jokes and making you laugh. He is there to drive the story. And watching it again, years and years and years and years later, I like his relationship with Brand. I like how Brand and them kind of like Brand might pick on him a little bit or correct him. But I like how Brand supports him and loves him as a brother, too. You know, there's a, it's, that's shown, you know. Correct. Um, yeah, you 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 definitely got to share movies, let's say, with your your mother, who was obviously influencing you with the in the films. Not me, not so much. So Goonies was like perfect because I just had mm-hmm. these uh, imaginary friends. And oh, it yeah, was interesting. great that I could just go out on adventures and um, and have a brother, too, because I didn't grow up with a brother. So I was like, oh, this is definitely how I, I imagine a brother brothers would, you know, act. Right. It's like this tough love thing. But they had that really um, sincere, loving moment. I love that hug they, they give each other right after the Troy's dad serves him the papers. And right. he just drags him. And I love that little detail of the, the feet just dragging. And right. he just goes limp in the in the arms of his brother. It's little, little things like that. It's, it's really special. Right. No, it is special. It is special. And I feel that more. I feel the heart more now. As a father, mm. you know what I mean. As a proud papa, as you get the feels. Uh, you get yeah. more feels for stuff like that now. You know what I'm saying? And I and I like to I like to always pause when I say that, like as a dad, because I know a lot of listeners out there might not be dads. Might be like, oh, yawn. They might give you the Chris Walken, Max Shrek. No, we're serious yawn, about being know? dads. <laughs> dad. Yeah, I got dad strength. I got dad bod. I got I got fucking crack infused tom cruise you know sickly tom cruise bod right now (laughs) i'm like tom cruise if tom cruise was in the machinist you know you know (laughs) he's like a skeleton i just feel so guilty sloth we forgot i didn't even talk about sloth Mm. rest in peace what's his name nfl hall of famer i was in the nfl john matsus Machusik, 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 Machusik. He died at 38 from heart failure. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sad. Very sad. He he died too young. Yeah. I I love that character. He again that big brother thing. You know, to chunk. To chunk. He he. Oh, the Superman thing too. These you know obviously you know it's a Superman shirt. The Superman shirt. Richard Donner. All the different snacks and all the trinkets and toys and stuff he had in his little cave room, whatever. Um, that was fucking interesting. Because it, it, it is that um hmm that Joseph Campbell story, you know, uh, the hero of a thousand faces, the Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, where you have like the 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 thief, you know, and the and the the Chewbacca, the big dude, you know, and then they all kind of form or they, they all bring something different, like that. They all bring something different, right? Yeah. An ensemble cast or ensemble, you know. In some parts Einstein of the world, Bull. right? Mm-hmm. Carrie Green, Carrie Green. How about that, Carrie Green? Yeah, kind of hot when she kissed, uh, you know, Sean Astin, huh? Yeah, when I was seven, that was pro- <laughs> I think that was my favorite scene because I, I imagine you know the, the Dude, me too, man. The little I never, timid one is gonna end up you know scoring with the with the cheerleader. I, I never thought girls had cooties. Like I was like six years old and and and, and ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So when ready. so when I remember being a kid and seeing Carrie Green kissing little mikey and i was like god damn 
That can happen to anybody. That can happen to him. I'm ready. Ready when you are. Especially down in the caves, you know, where nobody will hear her scream. The gold coins everywhere. They all could have had their her, their way with her, you know? Because there, there was nobody else around her, really. I mean, Bran could have probably held her down. Not like Martha yeah. Plimpton was going to say much, you know? Shit, yeah. Data and Chunk could have held down Martha, you know? Jesus. I'm sorry, what? We were... Wait, they were ra- they're raping them? No, 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 no. I'm saying no, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, you know, they could have had a little fun. <laughs> they're going to die, so. Right, right. That's what, it, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Nobody wants to diversion, so they, they would have agreed consensually, consensually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they went to the depths of the, <laughs> the, the caves. You, would you, would you, I would have stopped it right there. I think that I would have thought that was the jackpot when I found those coins. Maybe. You know, yeah. Like I probably would have. Everywhere. I probably would have. In fact, no, you wouldn't have, day. you wouldn't have caught me dead down there. Not even then, not now. Proud Papa or not, or before Proud Papa. There's no way in hell I would have been down there. Terrifying. Like, like, Good luck, everybody. I'd be like Michael Caine and Batman <laughs> begins when he's like, I could see very well from up here. So thank you very much. You know? Yeah, how about the music though? Music is good. Music is good. I like that. It, it, it's like sprawling and adventure, and then it has those like nice in the cave when they kiss. It's like nice music. I, I don't I like remember it, the theme though. Like it's not one of those themes that like sticks out in my my. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't be able to hum it off the top of my head right now. Like yeah. like like the way I could hum. I didn't my way. You know what I mean? I I it doesn't stick out. Like it's not like a a Burton or an Alan Silvestri. Again, Beetlejuice, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, those aren't exactly like edgy movies, but they're a little bit, I guess they were actually pretty edgy for back then. Um, but they're, they're, those were like sold as like family movies with some edge to them. And those yeah. stick out in my memories in my youth more than this one. For some reason, again, Goonies is not, was not a staple, even though it probably should have been because it, it falls in the same mm-hmm. you know, world or that realm. That is interesting. Uh, yeah. No, Goonies was like my world for a couple of years there in the 80s. I just loved it too much. How old were you? Do you remember? I was probably like six or seven. Six or seven. Oh, you, you said that. Yeah. Okay. Six or seven. All right. And so I, I would just, have been about the same. Yeah. I had it on VHS. I recorded on VHS and that thing was just like nonstop. I was just watching. Did you record it off shit. HBO? Yeah. I saw on HBO too. With that intro, that, sp- that sprawling that intro? intro. The- oh. Oh. <sighs> beautiful you say the most beautiful things i remember the hbo intro more than the goddamn theme to this movie that's what i'm saying you know I rewatched oh, this movie and I'm already forgetting like what I, what else I wanted to say about it. Um, I love the miniatures, the miniatures. Yeah. The, the camera panning over. Oh yeah, we're still talking about the HBO intro, kids. Yeah. The street <laughs> with the cars and the and the fucking movie theater and the sprawling hills and the light in the distance. How about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something else sacrilegious. Masters of the Universe live action, starring Dolph Lundgren, or Goonies. Oh, I mean, for me? Yeah. Goonies. Okay, so so for me, Master of the Universe. Like, I would rather watch, like, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I don't know, trapped at the bottom of the fucking wild, wa- Willy Wonka wild <laughs> inflatable arm waving inflatable tube man's cave, 
And somebody says, look, you're stuck down here for a couple of weeks. Aside from some bread and some French onion soup, the only thing I can give you is two DVDs to fit in that Blu-ray player and that, and that plasma screen TV over there. And that's the live action 80s Dolph, Dolph Lundgren starred vehicle, Mass of the Universe, okay, with the beautiful performance from Frank Langella, or Steven Spielberg and Richard Donner's Goonies. The, the, the Blu-ray version, mind you, so it has all the extra juicy features. I'm probably going to still default to Mass of the Universe. I know it's not a great movie, but it's got the same amount of nostalgia for me in my soup, in my little, in my, in my little nostalgia soup, and up here and up here and down here. I, 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 yeah, it is what it is. It takes you there. Yeah, It takes me there, especially when Frank Langella Skeletor is fucking, you just see his feet in the cane in the fucking... Cow, you know, Castle Grayskull, and it's hitting, it's hitting, and then he, and they're saying they're they're giving him all the information. They're saying he man hasn't been captured. Uh, we got the rest of the troops. We 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 don't know where he is. Evelyn gives the information like we don't know where he is, but we will catch him before the break of the light and the dawning day or some shit like that. And Angela, you just hear it before the camera pans and we see Skeletor for the first time. You know, I want him kneeling at my feet. You know, and you're like, oh shit, that's fucking Skeletor. Oh, I just came. Which is weird because you're seven and you're coming. You're just, oh shit. You know, I didn't have any of that with this. But I'm, but, but, and that's not to say I don't like the movie. I, I rewatch it and I laugh. But there's no calm move. Oh shit. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying metaphorical come like gooseys, goosey moments. Yeah, I remember Langella looking amazing, and, and like him and and Tim Curry as Darkness and Legend, oh, like my oh, favorite bad guys. Oh, they just they lost him in the character behind all that makeup and all those right. prosthetics, and they, they just gave it. They gave such a great performance. They really did. They really fucking did. Man, that's that's so that's so spot on. And Legend isn't the greatest movie of all time, but for some reason it will always hold a place in my heart too. Just Tim Curry's performance. That's the only reason why we're watching. Mm. You know? And when he dances with what's her name? That fake ass uh was it Mia Mia Farrow? Mia Mia uh, Sarah Mia was, Mia Sarah? Uh, Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever what will be, will be. Um, I did the Hispanic version, Mia Sara. Mia Sara. No, I like it though. I like it better. See, I thought it was Mia fancy. Sarah, I thought I was an ignorant Westerner that was like Mia Sara, and you were and you were correcting me. I'm sorry. I'm on my second Coke Zero, so I'm a little fired up right now. Uh, did you have any goosebump moments as a kid, or even now watching? That's my question to you. My Frank Langella nonsense was my roundabout way of asking you this. Did you have any goosey moments or goosebump moments watching this as a kid or even now? Any chill moments? Any, any, ooh, ah, you know? The music, the, and I just love everything about this movie. Every time I watch it, it just, I just get warm inside. I, you know, okay. it's just, a, it's a fun movie for me. It's just adventure. It's just a bunch of kids on adventure on bikes. Um, you got the gadget guy, you got the funny guy, you got the, you know, the, 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 the honky guy. And, um, it, it's a dear, dear movie to me. And, and, and I, I'm fascinated to this day with that whole part of the world, uh, because of this movie, I can't wait to visit, um, Astoria one day and we might go, we were planning on going maybe next year. Let's see if it happens. Yeah. until this day, I'm fascinated by 
right? That 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 I love the rain probably uh, as much as I do probably because of the boonies. <laughs> so I went out to Seattle, Washington. I went out to Oregon. I was out in Astoria because the girl I was dating at the time in high school, senior year of high school, she had cousins and friends that lived out there. So we flew out there like after I graduated high school to like see them and be out there. And I went to Seattle to see, you know, the Pearl Jam shit at the music museum had just opened. So it was a very interesting trip because on one hand, I've talked about it on the show before. On one hand, I'm seeing all this cool shit. On the other hand, I'm with a girl who really wasn't having as good a time as I was because I kind of made the trip more about shit that I wanted to do and see and didn't really, you know, whatever. But I was a kid, you know, so it's like one of those things. I mean, I was 18, but even legally you're an adult, but you're not really an adult. You know what I mean? Like you're, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. But so watching this is kind of interesting again, too, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I was there. I went there. I saw that. That was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a good movie. I just don't know. It's not it's not in my hype. It's not on my hype train. Some of the other movies that came out around the same time or shortly thereafter, you know, but uh, I, so I don't get any goosebumps. Mo- I will say this. I don't get any, I don't really have many favorite scenes, but I do, if I had to pick one, I mean, we already said all the chunk scenes are great, but I particularly like the scene in the attic. And I know it's full of exposition because that's what finds the map and it's kind of heavy and laid on thick with the exposition. But to me, it's a really great scene because it really brings all the nuances of each character together. You know, like Mouth doing the joke with the painting, and Mikey telling him to take things more seriously and put the painting down, but Mikey, but but Mouth is like, you're ruining my joke. Um, you know, Mikey giving the framed uh, portrait, you know, because he wants to see what's behind it. it looks like a map. Um, and he gives it to Chunk and just counts to three because he knows Chunk is going to fucking drop it. Like, that's great. Even Brand having a little bit of alone time with Data as Data's looking at that, that finger pulse magnet thing with the lights, you know, because this is all stuff that's supposed to be getting rid of at one point from, I guess, Mikey's dad's curated position at the museum, wherever. Um, but that is a great scene of bringing everybody together. And even when Mikey is, like, regaling everybody with, like, the legend of the one-eyed Willie shit, Bran has his hand on his shoulder. He's not interrupting him and saying, come on, you're being an idiot. Even if he doesn't believe him, he's letting him have his little kid moment and telling the story. And even Data's like, booby traps? You know, Mouth is kind of in the background like, eh, I don't know. But even Chunk goes, it's okay, Mikey. I believe you because Mikey's just his friend. He's along for the ride no matter what, even though he's not really along for the ride. He might, you know, he might be scared. He might be doubtful, but he's going with his friends, you know, and I think he's that's, respecting his beliefs. Right. He's so that, I think he's that type of friend. Yeah. If, if anybody out there listening to this podcast or anybody, even you yourself, sir, and my, and, you know, if you had friends like this growing up or even one friend like this growing up, that's a friend. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's that's what a friend is. Like, even if you think somebody is a little off center about something, or maybe they're naive about something, or maybe they're just in the clouds, or you know, they're not thinking clearly or seeing straight, you 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 back them up because they're your friend. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Now, unless that person starts spouting off some fucking satanic, you know, you know, Satan is good, Satan is our pal. We're going to kidnap the 13-year-old girls and tie them in a basement. You know what I'm saying? Light them on fire. You know, maybe hurting anybody is never something you should back up just because someone's your friend. <laughs> but, uh, but for the most part, hunting for a possibly fictitious treasure, why not, right? 
Yeah, I, I think Astoria really, for me, it's a kind of like, it looks like a magical place in, in that film. Cause it's, it's, a, it's a perfect place to film because it, it has this like, um, the weather's off because there's something off about that place. But there's, there's lots of hills, underneath. like the houses are in the hills. Lots over, of hills. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. There's not much like uh, open, uh, the, 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 the shot of the sea and all that, right, with the rocks. It's just... It, the the place is a character a story right. is a character in it that is. story it is and uh and it's and i love that part of the world because it's just this clash of extreme like weather like you know right. you have the, the really green green or tall redwood trees i believe they're called right but then you have that ocean that's just like kind of like hammering right right there and then you got water so it's just this really um it's it's, it's a great setting for that story uh, i think it's, it's almost a character that hands-on practicality with his projects, you know, that practical effects and the props and the set design and um, all of that looks great, you know? Yeah, I just love how they could master those to, to, as a kid to make you wonder, to make you dream. They, 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 you would get scared, you know, there were scary scenes. Uh. I don't know why the Fratellis only tied up the women, though. They only tied up the women. <laughs> so again, I'm not. I shouldn't be judged, kids, for my 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 view of a. Uh, hey, why didn't they? Why didn't they just tie them up and have their way? Because I feel like the Fratellis were thinking the same thing. They technically uh -huh. did just that. Yeah, they did. Because uh, the kids up. were like free range. Even Bran wasn't tied up. They well, only the tied... girls are smarter, so maybe that's what it is. Are smarter, so look at you taking the high road. <laughs> did you have any other favorite scenes you wanted to touch on first before we rate it? Uh, pretty much every scene Chunk was in. <laughs> you know what? I agree. I agree. I, I think you could just take all the scenes with him and just cut out everybody else and then just make a little short with just him. In fact, yeah, I that kid was crying. Like he cried for me when he was just like uh, spilling his guts to the Fratellis. Because they almost cut his hand off in a blender. Like, let's not forget, yeah, it's a kid's movie, but they we're going to put his hand in a blender if those bats didn't come out of the chimney. Yeah. Right? They were like bats or something? Yeah. Yeah, they were like, you better tell us the truth, kid. We want it all. We want you it all. Time, I stole a meatball sandwich and I ate it. <laughs> so good. Well, we have uh, six flavors. Six flavors of positivity we like to lacquer on our movie when we're rating it, okay? Because why be negative in a world that's already full of negativity? You know what I'm saying? It takes years to erect a monument and only seconds to knock it down, folks. So starting at the top of the heap, we have Call It a Work Good, Movie Theater Good, Home Video Good, Catch It on Cable Good, Sick with the Flu Good, and last but certainly not least, Solitary Confinement Good. Jay, give me what you got. I'm gonna go with home video good because that's how I first watched it. Oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't thinking. I thought you were gonna maybe raise it a little higher, but I like it. Home video good because you—that's how you watched it, and you'd probably continue to keep watching it on, in that format on your TV in the comfort of your own home with your family, and say, "Look, this is this is a product of my youth, so you need to love this movie." Yeah, that's good. I like that. I I don't want to be a dick. Okay, but you are. But I am. <laughs> Look, I just think this is for me. I'm not going to say solitary confinement 
but I will say sick with the flu. I think this is very sick with the flu good because I think, again, the chunk scenes redeem a lot of things that maybe I don't. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just in yeah. terms for me because of when I watched yeah. it, how I watched it. Yeah, you weren't there. Yeah. Where I watched it, mm-hmm. who I watched it with. You, you, <laughs> you like that. Else. You were onto that violence quick. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I guess it's what it is. Like, I remember seeing Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the theaters as, like, I think that might have been the first movie I ever saw. So even though the movie doesn't stay in my regular rotation over the years, I still defend it to anybody that shits on it because it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters that I can remember where I was like, holy shit, like, it was 1987. I might have seen, yeah, because I think I watched Ghostbusters 2 after that in theaters. So it was like so around that same time, and I was like, that's what soaked in. Had I seen maybe Goonies or something like that around the same time, Maybe, but I think I saw Goonies a little later, like when I was like nine or 10. So I was like past that. By that point, I'd already seen that Batman window. 89. Yeah, yeah I, I think you. I think if you see it young starting off, you love this movie. And if I think if you watch it later, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I needed more robots and tits and lasers. I don't even <laughs> know. Tomato, tomato. At Nerd Patrol, at Furbird, Bird the Nerd. Uh, both of these gentlemen had requested we watch this recently, quasi recently, and I know I just can't remember everybody. And I apologize in advance, Comic Con. I know we've had other requests like that. I, I want to say at least eight or nine requests for this movie over the years. Maybe even um, at Kobayashi Jedi might have thrown it out there. I don't know. Maybe even you, Jay Clark, might have thrown it out. There. I think you did actually throw this one out. I there. actually did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's why we're here. We're queer and we have no fear. So thank you, sir, for joining me on another Nick Stevens rambles about Masters of the Universe when we should be talking about Goonies. <laughs> no, thank you for letting me talk about my um, favorite childhood movie. I agree this. with everything you said about this movie, though. I think I think all the points you made are 100% spot on. I think it is a very well-made movie, especially for the time it came out. And the acting again is is spot on, and again the music, the vibe of it, the action, you know, all that stuff that came out with this. Just for, like I said, I think for me the magic was just a little late. I like missed the magic on the on the train. You know what I'm saying? Instead, it was Clarence Boddicker saying, "Just give me my fucking phone call," <laughs> spitting the blood out in the fucking police desk. You know, Nick, the little Nick was already jerking off to the Sears, uh, whatever catalog. <laughs> Sears, was, he, Sears, was it? No, it was Skinamax, what? Shannon Tweed on the hey. late night hour, 10 o'clock yeah. at night, sneaking downstairs, hearts racing, and I'm covered in sweat. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, oh, God, someone's gonna. Did you, did you have that one tape that you pass around the neighborhood, like the, the kids passed around? So that was years later in the mm. mid to late 90s when I finally got a real PORN. And uh, a real one, you know? And I mean, like, where stuff was, fluids were coming out of the guys. You know what I mean? That's, when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God, what just came out of him? Because before that, I was just watching TNA shit where, like, she and a tweet would just ride somebody, and then she'd be like, ah! And the music was like, blah, nah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Actually, you know what that is? Do you know what that theme song is that I just came to me and it's not even a fucking Skin and Max score? You know what that is? That's fucking Running Man. That's the Running Man theme song. The one's like, 
You definitely missed that window. That is a <laughs> sick ass theme song, though. Yeah. If you think about it. I definitely no. missed that window. I watched Running Man way too young, also. Fucking heads, <laughs> the collars with the fucking heads exploding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, my parents didn't pay much attention, so I could just like go watch whatever the fuck I wanted, <laughs> pretty much. Dude. Got away with a lot of crazy shit. Dude. So, I mean, you're seven or eight years old, and fucking Arnold just kills this like fat guy with a, with a fucking metal hockey puck or a hockey stick and he shouts up at the cameras look sub zero now plane zero <laughs> there's blood everywhere you know they're wearing leotards but it doesn't matter because there's blood everywhere you're like holy shit and then the hunger games comes out like a de- like decades later and we're like yeah i saw it the first time when yeah. it was called running man running man <laughs> You know, don't fool me. No. Why didn't Running Man get five sequels? You know, can you imagine all Arnold? It did. <laughs> Every other. <laughs> now, Plane Zero. Richard fucking Dawson. Cause more family feuds than Richard Dawson. And the survey says you're dead. I love the fact that you you still come on this podcast with me and let me act like an idiot and uh and um and and humor me. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank if, you, if, gracias. If, if this is the last podcast episode I ever do, you know. Hmm. If a fallen tree branch strikes me dead, you know. Strikes me dead. I don't even know what that's supposed to Well, as yeah. a fan uh, as a fan first. As a fan of the show, that's I, I wouldn't want that to happen. It shouldn't be the last one. Please don't say that. Or, you know, you know, God forbid. I mean, there's, you know, there's this crazy virus going around, you know, snuffing people out, you know. The last episode should be you and Powell. Oh, yeah. And he said and he says, I love you for the first time. It's not <laughs> happening. He won't do it. It's not he won't do it. I'll ask him. I'll, I'll say, listen, if this, this is the last episode. It's what the fans want. Our 5.5 fans, we have 0.5 <laughs> because somebody was horribly decapitated in an in a elevator accident in the 1950s. But they still listen to the show and they're like, listen, I don't have any legs, but I just want you to know when you listen, when I listen to your podcast, I feel like I'm running all over again. Let's <laughs> do Come on. Come on, Nick. So bad. That's, you're, you're on your third Coke Zero. You, you, you got it. Uh, this is number two. Oh. I told you. I texted you earlier tonight. I said, "Look, I saved two for the event." Yeah, yeah. No. When we talked the other day, I don't know if you noticed, but I foreshadowed this episode. You did. I predicted it because I answered the phone, going, "Hey, Nikki," and, and that's uh, that's Mouth's character when he does the water thing in the movie. That's amazing. Nikki. I didn't catch it at the time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't at all. Yeah, I quote that movie all the time. It's great. It's great. I mean, the movie's okay, but it's great that you love this movie. And I mean that a lot. I say it to a lot of people, like when, when I when we did 12 Monkeys, and I said, listen, I don't really, I could take it or leave it, but I told Jenny Zell, shout out Mouthy Broadcast, I said, 
Listen, I love that you love this movie. I love it when somebody has a passion for something, even if I don't have the same passion, because I have passions for shit that I know people don't like. I'm wearing a Howard the Duck t-shirt because I fucking love Howard the Duck. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I know a lot of people don't even care about Howard the Duck. I fucking love Howard the Duck. I fucking love Robocop. I fucking love Mass of the Universe live action. You know what I'm saying? So look, it is what it is. Okay? <laughs> I love Orion. I love 20th Century. I love the TriStar. You know what I'm saying? I love it. You know? That takes me there. That takes me there. That's all I need. Somebody just walked. Somebody just walked by the vocal booth right now when I did the brown. He was like, "A blast from the past." Hmm. A take blast. me home, country roads. Take me home to the place I belong. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll let you get back to your family. <laughs> I've kidnapped you long enough, or or dad napped you long enough. Yeah, we're just getting old. I we're, we're a variation of that that old fart, you know, that we used to listen to when you're young going, it used to be right you know, they, back in the day, but we're kind of doing that just yeah. by, you know, talking about this, just going back all the time. Right. That's what we're doing. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and that's the show kids. Listen, at the end of the day, whatever we said, well, Jay was pretty safe for most of the episode, particularly your boy here, Nick Stevens. Whatever I said, please don't take it seriously for the love of God. Okay, for the love of God. It's just... Ixio. Ixio. That's all I got.